Greetings family, uh, it's good to be with you again this morning as we are going to share the word with you to all of those who are watching us outside of Namibia or our region. We greet you as well here from Wolfish Bay, Namibia. Um, we, we deem it an honor to share the word of the Lord with you in, in a time like this and, and that it is not uh, something that is, that is a, a light thing for us to come and stand here and, and share God's word with you, but that we, we take it something that is, that we take it very seriously. So, so yeah, we welcome you here with us on this live streaming. Um, I have in the past, um, I think months, since we've started since we started doing any recordings or live streaming, I have been talking to you about oneness and just the different aspects of oneness and what it means, the economy of grace, the unanswered corporate prayers, a corporate dominion, and also, also that oneness is not sameness. I have felt in my heart that I should move on and that I will no longer um, stay on those messages, but I will now move on to something uh, different that the Lord has laid upon my heart. I have in the lockdown, in, in the time of the lockdown, the Lord spoke to me about the kingship of the Church of Jesus Christ. And that is something that I have been waiting to share with you, but I've been waiting upon the Lord. I was tempted to speak about that this morning but I kind of felt being pulled in, in, a, in a slightly different direction or different topic that the Lord wants me to, to first speak about. And I think it will lead us into also the kingship because, because to understand your sonship is important for your kingship. So I will be talking today about effective sonship. And I have shared this message personally with our, with our house, with being KGM, Kingdom Gateway Ministries, privately on a recording that I did and I shared with us all. But I felt the Holy Spirit uh, moving me to speak again on the effect of sonship or basically six principles of effect of sonship, something that the Lord just dropped uh, into my spirit, these principles that I will talk about are all principles that I flesh out, I love them, I see the fruit of it, I, I have gone on this journey to live out my sonship, in, and that is not being a son to a man, but being a son of God. God is my father and I am his son. I have practice these principles unknowingly I practiced them um, and then the Holy Spirit made me aware of these principles that are already at work within my own life and I can see the fruit of of living this life of sonship and I want to share these principles with you so it's very important to understand these things these principles that I will be sharing with you because um, as, as most of you know that, that are in, in the KGM family, that we have labored upon the doctrine of sonship for quite a number of years. And we have repeated this message very often. And I, even though I'll be sharing it today, I know that in the years that lie ahead, that we will be repeating this message again because the Lord has made me aware that He does not want us to deviate from sonship. So because it is the horizon, it is the mark, the goal, that which is ahead of us into the, into the, the place that God wants us to come. And so we will, not, we will not be allowed by the Holy Spirit to deviate from this this issue of our sonship, understanding it and coming practically into it. So let's, let's, let's just be mindful of that 
and I want to get into this message, um, principles of effective sonship. So, as, as Peter says, as we read it in the scriptures, Peter says, I do not feel it as a burden to remind you of things that I have said to you before. And sometimes we can just move on and we have not listened carefully. As I've said in three Sundays ago, that it is about hearing, hearing. Do you, have you accumulated information? Because many times when we talk about six principles or seven principles or seven steps, and it just becomes information that we accumulate, but not necessarily, not necessarily something that we, uh, that we have heard God say to us. And it is so important to hear, and that's why I feel that the Holy Spirit wanted me to repeat uh, what, what He has already laid upon my heart and I've already shared with you to repeat it. And the last two, two or three, three Sundays have just been re repeats of things that I have said. So go with me to, to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verses, uh, verses 4. Let's read from verses 4. Galatians 4 and verses 4. It says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. So God sent his son, Jesus Christ. He sent him. When the time was right, he sent him and he was made of a woman. Uh, we know that it is Mary the Virgin. She conceived by the Holy Spirit and his name was called Jesus but he was not only made of a woman, but he was also made under the law. In verses 5, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So the reason he came under the law, made of a woman, made under the law, in the time of when, it, when Israel was under the law, the scripture says, so that he might redeem us from the law, so that we no longer walk just simply by the law, but in the reality of our sonship. So our inheritance is our sonship. And the Bible says so that we can receive the adoption of sons. The word adoption of sons is actually one Greek word, and it just means to be placed as a son. It's a legal position that you are brought back into. You are adopted. You are part of God's family. As the Bible says in the book of Psalms, it says he takes his solita solitary um, and he places them within families. And that word means his only begotten son, his one and unique um, beloved son, and he places them in families. So God takes all of his sons and he puts them into families. Now, now we are all sons. Uh, if you've given your life to Christ, you are all sons of God. And we are not necessarily daughters, we are sons. All of creation is waiting for the manifestation of sons. The word son is used genderless, it's not male or female. It's the principle behind sonship that we are after. That's why if you are female, you are also a son. If you walk according to the principles of sonship and what it means to be a son. But ultimately God lost a son and God was seeking to reconcile his son back to himself. So we are all sons. We have received our, our adoption. You are not going to become a son. You are a son. Um, you can't earn this position. It is given to you based upon the fact that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you have received him as your Lord and Savior, then, and you receive the Holy Spirit, then you are a son of God. God is your father and God does not necessarily just want to be God to you. He wants to be father to you. And obviously that means a lot of things and I do not want to go into the, the many, what's the word, the, the, the depth of explaining that sonship to you and what it means to have God as your father. I have a a focus that I want to bring through to you today. So as you look at that, 
And as you understand this, as you know that you are positioned as a son, you are God's son, you are not going to become a son um, as if you are not one, and so therefore you need to become, even after you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, will make you work for something that Jesus already made you to be. You are God's son. You are not going to become his son. If there's any if there's anything that you are going to become, in a sense of, we understand that we are sons, we know that we are sons, we know that we are made a son, it's our position, it's our legal position, it's our justification. Therefore, if we are going to become, in that sense, the, the way that we are become is in having the ability to walk our reality, walk it out, flesh it out, manifest the sonship that we have already been given and in that sense you are becoming but you are not earning who you are you are actually growing your spiritual growth in your ability to express who you have been made to be is how you are growing maturing and in that sense becoming sons I have to say it like that so that you don't earn something so that you can uh, so that you can operate by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and and become in practice in expression the sons of God so that's why all of creation is waiting for the manifestation but we all have been made sons of God and so in in my in, in my relationship with God as my father, I am his son. I'm not going to become a son. And my failure, but my failure to express my sonship, to manifest my sonship, to grow in my sonship is where I will be considered as a child or a youth or as someone who is a mature son in expression and practice. So that's important to understand. We are sons of God. Jesus made us sons. You cannot become something that he has already made you to be. Uh, you have to settle that issue. As long as you still think you're coming short of, of, of that position, you are positioned a son. You are a son. You don't need to, in that sense, become God's son. And that is just something that you cannot, cannot earn. So, Again, um, now, if we're talking about our sonship being effective, that we can see the fruit of living, because I know that many who hear this message then desire to live it, to see it, and, and if you want to see the fruit of that walk, there are, there are a few principles that you have to kind of live together in one. It's like taking... It's like taking six pieces of different cloths and weaving them together to make one coat of many colors. And so it's one coat, but there are six different colors or pieces of cloth that, are different, that have different colors, but they are weaved together into one. And I find sometimes that when we don't practice all these things together, that we don't see the fruit of living out our sonship. And so that's, that's the reason why the Holy Spirit gave this to me because the Holy Spirit wanted us to experience the fruit of living as sons of God and that you can experience the reality thereof. So point number one in, in being an effective son or ensuring that your sonship is effective, that you can see the fruit of living as a son point number one is the default setting when in genesis 1 26 it says that it says then god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion and and we know that that's speaking of adam in luke chapter 3 verses 38 it says and adam was the son of god or a son of god now so Adam being in the image was God's son. And 
So he was the first son of God on the earth, in the earth, right there, in the very beginning. Now when Adam and Eve sinned, they, they lost something. They lost their, the reality of their sonship. But as time began, they lost their mind. And so in that sense, even though you give your life to Christ and you have been made a son, you still do not have the mind of a son. And this is why the Bible says we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so we need our minds to be renovated. We need to go back to our default setting. We were originally designed by God to be His sons. And so we all, while we could be saved, we could still be lost in our identity. We could still be lost in our mind. And so where, what we have is, is that we have lost our mind. Our minds as our identity as sons have been stripped from us, have been stolen from us secretly. And so what needs to happen is that we need to have our minds renewed according to who we are in the spirit. We are sons of God. And that needs to be your default setting. That needs to be something that, that you need to store. So what God does is he brings to you the doctrine of sonship, the doctrine of who you are, the, the doctrine that teaches you, that gives you your identity the doctrine that, that teaches you how to live according to who He made you to be. You are God's son. It's your position. It's your relationship now that you have come into with God, Him being your father. So you have lost your mind and God sends you the doctrine of sonship through sent ones who come to teach you who you are, who God made you to be. And that's why through the doctrine you are installing, reinstalling, you are gaining back your mind that has been taken from you through the world system, through its TV, through the radios, through advertising, through education, through all the things out there that communicate and speak to you. All those voices within the world that have grabbed a hold of your ear and have influenced your thought patterns and the way that you think and operate and so in that you have you have been built into the mind of an orphan now that you are God's son you need to develop the mind of a son not an orphan you don't need to work for 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 your provision you have a father that can provide for you and it takes a while to, to build it into you. So the first thing you need to know is that you need to have the doctrine of who you are. You are God's son. Right? And so we, are, we, we, are want, we want our original mind back so that we can think according to who God made us to be. We are his sons. Okay. Point number two. Uh, well, Actually, before I go on, in point number one, the default setting, you can, you can um, if you are watching, you can go onto our website. There are a few teachings uh, on, on sonship. If you, if you can't find enough, you can always make contact with us and we can, we, can then, we can then just get material through to you so that you can understand who you are and build that mind. Point number two, sons of God are led by the Spirit. So firstly, to function properly as a son and to make that your sonship is effective and you see the fruit thereof, you need to install the mind that you, that you are God's son and you need to build that. Then what you also need to do is you also are led by the Spirit of God. And we all know that scripture, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, right? So being led and hearing his voice is critical uh, to effectiveness or to seeing fruit. And so it's not just having the mind, it's also having the ability to hear God. And there are two ways that God speaks to you. Uh, 
um, primary ways that God speaks to you. And, and number one, that God can speak to you personally because you've come into a relationship with Him. You've received the Holy Spirit. You have access to the Father, as the book of Ephesians says, by one Spirit we have access to the Father. Um, and so you are able to hear God's voice. You are able to come into a relationship with Him. You are able to hear what He wants to say to you. And so that is simply you developing your relationship, spending time with God, uh, practicing and asking things and, 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 and taking time to hear what He has to say and then going out and practicing it and seeing it works. And then in that, you develop a faith to hear God. Right? So, so number one, God speaks to you. That's how you are led by the Spirit of God. Number two, God leads, God also leads a corporate son because there is not only an ind individual son, there is a corporate son. As the Bible says in the book of Exodus, God told Moses, go tell Pharaoh, let my son go. The whole nation was called God's son, right? And so God has a corporate son and and it is that son that he also leads. How does he lead the corporate son? He leads the corporate son not by speaking to each individual personally, but by employing a sent one, a preacher, one who hears God also. Um, and he is given, he is given the assignment, the task to come and speak to you what the Heavenly Father wants to say to you. And when God speaks through the preacher, one who has heard what God wants to say to you, and he's speaking, you are now being led corporately by the Spirit. And so if you want your sonship to work effectively, you need to know how to hear God personally, but also how to hear God through the preacher, through the sent one. And if you have that gap, and so sometimes we have people who only listen to the preacher and they never develop a personal relationship with their Heavenly Father. They never hear God for themselves. All, the only way they come, they come to a Sunday meeting or they come to a, 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 a cell group meeting or a house church meeting or different meetings, and that's the only way they can actually hear what God is saying to them because they make no personal time to, to spend time with God, to build a relationship with Him and to hear Him for themselves. And so if you're only that person who's only listening to the preacher and never make time to spend with God to develop your relationship, you, you have a gap. You have a gap in your relationship, a, a gap in your sonship that's, that's going to make that your sonship is not as effective in your life as it should be. Now then we have the others who, who don't want to listen to a preacher, who just want to hear for themselves. And they... They're the ones, what God is saying to me, what is saying to me, it's never what God is saying through a preacher. Now that in itself is also you have a gap because God speaks both to you and to you through the preacher. And that is how God works. That's how the Holy Spirit works. That's why the book of Revelation says, let him who has an ear to hear, um, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. But in the beginning of those letters, he would say, write unto the church, right? So this is what God would say to the church, but he said it through an angel, through a messenger to the church, the corporate church. And then each person had to hear what the Spirit was saying through the, the angel, the messenger, the preacher, the sent one, and had to hear what God was saying. God does not only speak to you. God does not only speak to you. He directly, He also speaks to you via the preacher, the sent one. Take for example, um, again Israel in, in Egypt, when God told Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, let my son go. Now that son, Israel, that corporate, that nation of people, that corporate son was taken into the wilderness and God led that nation, his son, via Moses who gave, who spoke to them. So when God said, if you would observe my voice and all my commandments that I give you this day, he was talking about everything that God said to that nation via Moses unto them. 
it was so God led his son it's his son but he employed a messenger someone who have a rod in his hand and that person gave to that nation that son that corporate son he brought the voice of God to them so if you are someone who's only listening to what God is saying to yourself and and, and directly to you but not listening to a preacher you are creating a gap and there are going to be certain problems and issues that you obviously will have sometimes we don't realize it because we don't have the ability to see it so it's important that you also understand that you are both led when we say the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God you gotta realize it's done two ways he speaks to me personally but he also speaks to me via the preacher and that speaking of God via the preacher is also as important as God speaking to you personally if not perhaps more because it, it regulates things it brings order it establishes things because that preacher has access to certain things in the Word of God that you as an individual as just as a saint do not have because while you are a son of God and while the preacher himself is also a son of God he is perhaps an apostle a prophet evangelist or teacher which you do not have and those giftings and those offices that grace given to him gives him access to certain revelations or mysteries in God's word that is not given to the rest of the people and therefore if you are not connected to a preacher a sent one and you are not following someone to not your favorite preacher on TV your favorite preacher on TV is not your sent one um, you need somebody to whom you are connected to your sent one is not a friend who comes to you and says the Lord said to me um, he's going to do this and this and X and X and then it's finished a sent one is someone who brings doctrine and that is how God speaks to you a sent one is someone who brings the written word to you teachings and so on that is a sent one and that's what you need in your life so you do not don't just listen to have a preacher and don't ever listen to God and don't just listen to God but never listen to a preacher both those things are an error the balance is both the preacher and and listening to God I have those things in my life I have someone who's a sent one to me I follow his teachings I listen to his messages I try to hear what God is saying to me through him and 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 in listening to that I then obeying God not a man right and then I also listen to what God is saying to me personally and God leads me here um, in my everyday life as I encounter things so that's the balance do not have when you cannot listen to another preacher either you are afraid even you are, you have uh, afraid you have fear you have trust issues or perhaps you are battling with pride because all of us have to learn to listen to others right so that is point number two point number three point number three is a son is governed by doctrine and principles now um, so when we say you are led by the spirit and this is where this is where the problem comes in because the scripture says as many as that are led by the spirit they are called the sons of God and so <clears throat> excuse me so what we want to do is we then just want to listen sort of like just pull it out of the sky the whole time you know or out here and hear something from there and we never want to go to the scriptures and that is the that is the importance of having a sent one in your life because the sent one brings you doctrine sure teaches you the principles um, that are related to who you are to your walk and how you should actually walk right and and if you haven't if you didn't know this let me say this to you the book of Romans chapter 6 says that now that you are free from sin you have become the slave of righteousness right and righteousness is the principles of God not only just the nature of God that you've inherited but it also activates certain principles of lifestyle so you are a slave of righteousness you shouldn't be saying you know why are you teaching all these principles 
but yet you do not know that you have become the slave of that doctrine of righteousness, the instruction in righteousness. And, and so it's important for us to understand that a son of God is governed by doctrine. So if you only are led by the Spirit, uh, in, in terms of He's just speaking to you personally and you're always pulling it out from the sky. No, I heard the Lord say, I must, I must go visit that person. No, I heard the Lord say, I, sh- I had to get up four o'clock in the morning to pray. No, I heard the Lord say, I must go and um, give this person 500 rand or 10,000 rand or something like that. Always like that. But you are not a person who lives by the doctrine, the teachings that are given to you. The church does, must devote themselves to doctrine. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 says, And the church devoted themselves to apostles' doctrine. That means the church who is God's corporate son, and all those members are individual sons of God. They have their personal relationship with God. All those people needed, they were devoted to the apostles' doctrines, teachings, that were given, principles that were taught. And so perhaps I should just give a scripture. Um, Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And verses, yeah, we can read it. We'll just read from verses 1. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness, to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungry. Verses 3, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Right? And verses 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right? And so, if you take the scripture and say, it's everything that I just pull out of the sky, um, as I gave an example just now, um, this is not what Jesus is saying. While it could include that, but primarily, everything, every time Jesus quoted something here, he quoted it from the scripture. And so Jesus said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone. And if you go to the, to the context in which that this scripture was taken from, out of the book of Deuteronomy, Jesus was quoting the book of Deuteronomy, uh, the words of Moses, which was the words of God. And when, he, when God said this to Moses to say to his people, it was when God said, I, I, I have fed you with bread. He said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he said this, so that I may test you, so that I may prove you, and to know whether you will listen to my own and obey my commandments, if you go and study it in the context. So, and the context here, so it is the, the word, the word for word here is rhema. It's the rhema, it's the utterance, it's the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God that comes out from the written word. And that's where a preacher comes in. The preacher is there to teach you the word of God, but it is what God has spoken to him out from the written word, and that becomes the word that proceeds out from the mouth of God. And so a son of God, Though Jesus, the Bible says here in Matthew chapter 4, then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So he was led, but yet in the wilderness, he made sure that he lived by the word of God. What Jesus quoted here was scripture. It came from Deuter- the book of Deuteronomy. Sons of God live by the doctrine, not only by pulling everything out from the sky. Um, those things may be there, Uh, But if you don't build a foundation of living upon doctrine, devoting yourself to the doctrine that is taught to you, then you are going to have a gap. 
you will see sonship will not work the way it should work within your life. You need to be devoted to doctrine. You need to be um, grounded in the teachings, rooted in them, built upon them. So uh, let's, not, let's not drift away from doctrine. And, 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 and let me say this, let me say this, I, I, I have, you know, asked this question many times and the Holy Spirit has made it clear to me that if anybody can prosper without obedience to God's word, it's not God that is prospering you. Because if you can prosper without obedience to God's word, then you will never have great respect for his word, his teachings. And um, listen carefully to what the Bible says. The Bible says, the Bible says, God said to Joshua, if you meditate upon this word day and night, this word, this word, this thing that's written here, if you meditate upon this word day and night, and if you observe to do all that is written in it, then, then shall you make your way successful, and you shall prosper in all that you do. All right, so the, 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 the scriptures are very clear that it is obedience to God's word, written word, doctrine, teachings that makes you prosper. And if you can prosper without obedience to God's word, I, 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 I seriously question, and I, and I will say it, I seriously question that God is prospering you because this is, this is why many times people who are rich, who'd, who prospered, who prospered without God's word, have no respect for God's word. And that's why th that those things, but we want to say thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus, he blessed us. But we don't even obey his word. How can that be that God has prospered you like that? And um, I have many other things I could say on that, but I don't want to overlabor that point. The point is clear. The word of God is clear. If, you, if God makes you prosper, it's because you obey the words of His covenant. Uh, you obey His doctrine, His word. So it's important that you understand um, you cannot just be someone, someone that, that says, no, I'm led by the Spirit, but you don't obey doctrine. So number one, you need a default setting of your identity. Number two, you need to be led by the Spirit, both personally and via a sent one. Number three, you need as a son, you must be governed by doctrine. Jesus lived by that word, that a man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Um, it is important. And, and so, and so if, you, if you are not someone that listens to doctrine, and someone who is taught by somebody else, all of us must be taught by somebody else. The idea that nobody can teach you is, is the idea, or, or let me not say the idea, is just simply that you have become proud if nobody can teach you. We all have to be taught by somebody, right? Or open ourselves to be uh, taught by somebody else. Point number four that I want to give to you is in your sonship, you must be governed by the principle of stewardship, especially in the area where you want to tr where you are trusting God financially that He would come through for you, give breakthroughs and so on. If you don't have if you don't have stewardship, again there will be there will there will be some some lack that 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 will not. Uh, um, can I say there will be a lack uh, in your life. There will just be a lack in your life. Uh, you will have trusted God to come through for you, but He didn't come through for you. The reason being because you have mismanaged. You are an unfaithful steward in the area of your finances. So it, it's important to understand that. And we violate the principles of stewardship so often. And it takes, it takes, it takes you know, you need, you need to be strong in your character because many times to practice God's principles, it takes denial of yourself and it takes picking up your cross. Jesus said, if any man comes after me, follows me, 
and he doesn't pick up his cross, deny himself, he cannot be my disciple. He's not saying that you are not saved. He's saying you are not really learning from me. I am not discipling you because as I lead you, I will require that you will pick up your cross and deny yourself. Now, I'm telling you, uh, and I have been tested many, many, many times. I have been put in tight positions often. And I have had to, I have had to tithe when I would think, where will I get if I tithe now? How am I going to, where am I going to get the rest? Because... You know, and, and to do that, to obey God's word in a time like that, it, mean, it meant that I had to deny myself. It meant I had to pick up my cross. I had to, it, it's tough and I understand it, but that's how God builds something into you. That's how the principles of God's word gets built because God is not manifested just by signs and wonders. He's also manifested by you living out His Word in your life. And that is how God comes out. Light is into work. So it, it is so important that stewardship, and stewardship means that if God, uh, in stewardship, if God gives you, just an example, if God gives you 10,000 Rand a month, that's your salary in your in your 10,000, there's a tithe. In your 10,000, it could be a first fruit. It could also be an offering. Um, those are those. Those are the things that, that you are taught. Then I'll, I'll, other thing also about your 10,000, you could have your rent that you must pay. You could have, perhaps you have a TV that you bought at, at uh, Home Corp, Fern Mart, Bears, wherever, and you are paying this TV off monthly. Now, as you are paying this TV off, you perhaps have a 800 or 1,000 rand that you must pay off every, every month. And now, that 1,000 rand does not belong to you. That 1,000 rand belongs to whoever you bought the TV from. If you bought it, for example, from Bears, you, that 1,000 rand is no longer yours. It belongs to that person. If it's tax. It does not belong to you, it belongs to another. That's why the Bible says, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and give unto God that which is God's. In other words, the, the minute there's been something that has been prescribed, it is, this is, if you get X amount, this is how much your tax is, that amount does not belong to you. It belongs to Caesar. It belongs to them. If you are paying, bought a TV and it's by bears and it, it costs you a thousand rand a month, you have to, that thousand rand does not belong to you. For you to take the thousand rand or Namibian dollars, sorry, I'm still in the rands here, but if for you to take a thousand Namibian dollars, that thousand Namibian dollars that belongs to bears and go and, and go and, and go uh, spend the night, you and your wife, somewhere in, in another, at a guest house or a lodge, or something like that, and, and say, no, let's go away, and, we'll tr and, then, and then you will use these words, we will trust God for the thousand rand to pay the TV. Guess what? God will never provide that thousand rand for you, for your TV. Why? Because you have violated the laws of stewardship. Because taking the thousand rand that belongs to bears, and going out and, and, and indulging yourself, or, or spending a night at a lodge was illegal. You transgressed the principles of stewardship. And I've seen it over and over and over. I've heard countless stories. Pastor, the Lord is not coming through for me. I had to take from here and pay there and do this. You know, and there's this money just being switched wherever. It's illegal to do that. You can't do that. And that, and that will eventually, you know, in the beginning you can get away, but eventually it will catch up to you. you. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. A son must be governed by stewardship. So I, this is where I say we must marry stewardship. In other words, if there's a husband, you look for the wife. If there's a son, I want to look, I want to see your stewardship. Please remember this. I have been, I've sometimes 
had money in my hands that, that people have given to me to pay a room or we are all going away on a trip in the church and we're all going away and this money is for the trip and then I short perhaps for my rent uh, for the church building we short money but but the amount that we short is the amount that the people gave to pay for that 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 room or accommodation and I can tell you at that stage you can come with this idea let me take this money pay it and then we can we'll get the money just now and you know what, when you do that, you are not trusting God, your Father, and I guarantee you, your Father will not provide that money because you have violated the principles of stewardship. What you have just done is you've taken money that belongs to somebody else and you have used it for that which they have not given. They did not give you that money to pay your rent. They gave you that money to pay the accommodation. You are an unfaithful steward that is so important to understand and that is why god never comes through for you and provides for you 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 need to realize that please don't violate the principles of stewardship i hope that you're hearing what the holy spirit is saying to you i have i've gone through all of these principles that i'm telling you now um, i have gone through all of them i've been tested it was difficult but I can tell you up until this day, God has paid all my, all my, my expenses are paid. They are paid for. And the Father is, is my resource. He over and over, I can give you testimonies every month, weekly. Um, it is just a continuous, it's, it's something that we don't even pray about anymore. It's just something that happens consistently. Because we live in the reality of our position as a son. And we live it in practice. Right? So, uh, point, number, point number five. The, you need a mindset of victory as a son. Because many times you will be put into tight positions. And you need to have a mind that, 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 that understands that there's always victory for you. Right? So, uh, for... First Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 8. First Thessalonians We'll just get this chapter 5 and verses 8. It says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation right so the reason you put on a helmet is to protect your head your mind your thoughts in this in the realm of the spirit the reason you have any helmet now this helmet is not something that you pray on it's not you don't get up this morning and say father i put on the breastplate of faith or of righteousness and 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 i take up the helmet of salvation and i put it on now and then i I take the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit and I take it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that I'm now dressed in the armor. That's not the way you, you dress yourself in the armor because most of the times people who pray that way never, when they go sleep at night, pray it off. But when they get into battle, they have probably uh, 50 breastplates on. They probably have 50 shields that they are carrying because they never took it off, they're always praying it on, countlessly over and over. It's not, it's a mindset that you have to develop. When it says the helmet of a hope of salvation, it means the word hope, it refers not to a wish, not to a dream, but to a sure expectation. So in other words, and your expectation that is sure is your salvation. That word salvation includes many things. Can be healing, can be deliverance, can be um, God providing for you, God coming through for you, um, or whatever. God protecting you. There's that salvation, but it's a hope. It's a sure expectation. It's a guarantee of salvation, and your and that that guarantee, that thinking, is what you dress your mind with. 
And as you dress your mind in that thinking, in that reality, that in every situation that I find myself, there is hope of salvation. I can be like Moses and the Israelites standing up uh, in front of the Red Sea and on the back here is the Egyptians coming upon us and it seems like we are cornered on every side. But in the midst of being cornered, there is a hope of deliverance. God can make a way. And the scripture says, the scripture says that thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph through the triumph of Christ. And, and so, in other words, God is saying there's always victory for you. There's always a way out. It may not look that way, but there is always a way out for you. And you need to understand, you need to develop that mind so that, so that that's why you go to the wilderness. That's why God gives you, that's why there's challenges after challenges after challenges. After a while, you should be, hey, God always comes through. That was what the Israelites were supposed to learn. But they felt they went more to their, they was, their eyes were so focused upon their struggles and their problems that they never were, were able to come to the realization, hey, how many times have we been in a tight spot? There was no water and God gave us water through a rock. There was no food. God brought um, manna, fed us with manna from heaven. There was nothing but God always came through. Hey, there is because we have a father, there is always the hope of salvation. And that would have protected your mind from worry, anxiety, from fear of lack and not having, and, and doubt and insecurity. Uh, it, it would protect your mind. You need to have a mind that, that says there is a victory. I, I, know, I know that uh, you don't know how, how that victory will come. You don't know how it will happen. He decides how it will happen, but all you need to know is that He will come through for you. And if you can understand that, and you can know that there is a victory, even when it looks like I'm surrounded by my enemies, um, there is victory. Yeah, even though it looks like, where are you going to get the money? Because all my money is finished. Where am I going to get the money for this new problem in my life that I didn't budget for? But with God... Nothing is impossible. There is always a hope of salvation. That is the mindset of victory. And that is something that you need to use when you are in your tight situations. So the Bible says about David, when he came against, when, when he went to take his brother's food, when they were fighting in the battle, and Goliath was there, <coughs> uh, what happened was, as they were, as they were in that, in that battle, David came there and he said, Ooh, what's going on here? You know, he asked a few questions and, and, um, and he, started to, he started to say to everybody, who, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? No, man, God will give this, this, this Goliath into our hands. And, and when David uh, confronted Goliath and got into the battle eventually, before he even fought the battle, he knew the victory was his. Before he even went, before any swords would, were, were withdrawn, or, um, he just knew already. He said, you come against me with a spear and so on. He said, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And this day, God will give me your head. Right? A mind of victory. You need to have a mind like that. Um, and that mind doesn't, it's not, you know, being, acting all brave and so on, you know. It, you, it, you can be calm, relaxed, but you know you have the victory. It's an inner certainty that is built into you. And I need you, and you need to have that. There God says, He always thanks be unto God. That's why you can thank God. That's why you can praise God before you have even seen the victory because you know that the scripture says thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph always 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 there is there's no such thing there's no there's no way out with God nothing is impossible and and 
And this is where this mindset must kick in. Because many times we come into situations and we think, oh, how are we going to do it? Where are we going to happen? Lord, help me please. But this is a time where your, where your default setting, the mind of a son, the reality that there is a victory and I have a father and he can come through for me. That mind must take over. That is the time where when you are not led by the spirit, but simply because you have the mind of a son, you will say, I will have the victory. I will have it. There's no way God will bring this thing into my hands. So it's important for you to have that mind. Um, it's a, when you look at David, you can see that there's this mind in him. While other people were, were struggling with intimidation, struggling with fear because of Goliath, struggling with doubt and, and, and not knowing what's going to happen. David was in, the, in his mind, he was guarded. He was protected from that intimidation, from that fear, from that doubt. He was, he was protected because he had a helmet of salvation, a hope of salvation. So point number six, you need to learn as a son of God, you need to learn how to trust in secret. Now this is sometimes uh, mistakes that we make. You know, we, we, we feel that we are going to uh, sow a 500 rand or a 5,000 rand or 10,000 rand. We're going to sow it, you know, whether you sow it into the man of God's life, you know, into the life of a man of God, or you, you, sow, you sow into somebody, you help somebody who's poor, who's in need. You know, you're trusting God and then you say, Lord, I, I, I want a breakthrough. And, and so you perhaps, you know, I'll, I'll feel to do something. And as you are led to do that, or either led or simply just feel that that's what you want to do, what happens is, is we, we go and tell somebody else, you know, you know, I did this, I sowed there, and I'm trusting the Lord to come through. Now, many times when we do something like that, it is because we want people to see, you know, look what I'm doing. And when you do that, you are not trusting in secret. And what happens is you have just been rewarded for, for, for your deed because you were, you were desiring praise from people. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and then in there I'll end off with this, I'll end off with this, this point. Um, Matthew chapter 6 verses 3 it says but when you do alms let not thy left hand know what thy right hand is doing and alms alms giving was a way of helping others and that thine alms may be in secret verses 6 and thy father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly now, and so there's a secretness between you and the Father. In other words, what, what Jesus is saying is when you walk as a son to your Father, He uses the word, your Father who sees in secret shall reward you openly for everybody to see. What He is saying now is, is that you got to take, when you talk to your Father about something, or you feel your Father is instructing you to do something, and you do it, keep it between you and, he, you and him until he brings, he manifests it openly and then you share the testimony and you give praise to God. But don't talk to God about something and then go and tell everybody what God, what God told you to do and, and, you know, and, you, and you want everybody to be impressed by what you did. And then what happens is it never happens. So there have been times when God has told me, you know, I want you to empty your account. Um, I have been in, in, in meetings where my spiritual father was preaching and, and, um, and I felt led. I, I didn't know where it was really a sacrifice. I didn't know where I, I was going to get the money to do the rest of the things. And I felt the Lord say, I want you to take 
that money that's in your bank account and I want you to empty it and give it all and sow it. And I did it, but nobody else knew, except obviously my wife, because we did it together. And nobody else knew about it. And when we did it, we kept it to ourselves. But we trusted God that all the other things that we need to pay, that He would come through for us. And lo and behold, God came through. We gave, emptied our account, and God just miraculously, in, it was, it, God paid everything faster than what we usually pay it. And it was just a miracle. But we trusted in secret. I will many times share what I have done and what the Lord has instructed me to do, not before, but after I have already seen the results. In the beginning of the lockdown, the Lord began to speak to me about first fruits. And I, and then I, um, I felt, I heard what the Lord was saying, and I moved. I had a certain amount in my, in my mind or in my heart, and I went and gave a first fruit, you know, um, from the church, personal account, and so on, and all, and, and afterwards, and then I saw, and then what happened in the lockdown is that month after month, my income was just increasing, increasing. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle in a time of lockdown, how financially I've been increasing. So, it, it, but now I can share that because I'm already living in the reality, in the testimony. The Father's already rewarding me openly for what I did in secret in our discussion with Him or His discussion with us. So um, you need to learn how to practice some, some things in secret. And, that, and I'm not talking about being secretive. You know, you get some, some people... You know, every time they, they say something, you know, I want to say it, but um, let me not, um, I, I can't really say it to you. I can't really tell you much, but I just want to tell you that something's happening. You know, something like that. You know, that's being secretive. Don't, don't do that. Just, just what the Father told you to do, do it. Trust Him in secret, and He will reward you openly to give praise to his name, what he did for you. So I end off with this. As I close off now, these are the six principles of sonship. And they need to be like six pieces of cloth that need to be weaved in together into one as one coat of many colors. They need to, you need to function, you need to do these things together. The one, doing the one, but lacking in another, makes that it does not happen for you. I have seen these things over and over in my life, and I can tell you, I have seen consistently how the Father has come through for me. So as I, as I end off, I want you to sit and, and reflect as you look upon these six principles that I have shared with you, I want you to look at it and, and as you're sitting there, just think, where is the gaps? Where am I um, in error? And I want you to, to just make an adjustment, just make an adjustment for you to, if you're taking the tithe, you are in error. If, if you are not living by the doctrines that have been taught to you, you are in error. If you are only listening, if you are only led by a voice, by your personal relationship and not via a preacher, you are in error. That is just what it is. And you may get away with it sometime, but eventually it will catch up to you. So I want to encourage you today, if you want to see the effectiveness of your sonship. Go through this. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what the preacher has said to you. Look for the voice of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying. As you hear God, you will enjoy the fruit. It, it requires a relationship with God. To really be fruitful so i want to encourage you with that 
as you are there, let me just pray with you. And, uh, and we hope that you will see more fruit in your personal life as a son of God. Father, right now, we come to you. You are our father and we are your son together. Father, your word says that when we give, we must give in secret. That is in helping the poor and so on. And, so, and wherever we sow, we must give in secret. And you who sees in secret will reward us openly. Many times we have shared with others because we have boasted in the sacrifices that we have made. And we have already received our reward. Oh, Father, sometimes we have just listened to what you share with us, but not what preachers are saying to us. Father, we, we have a gap. You say that when we must pray, we must pray in secret. Trust in secret and you will reward us openly. Father, today as I pray for your sons, I pray that their sonship and their walk with you will be effective, fruitful, and that they will always see your provision, your hand. Without failure, I pray for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless them. I bless them in your name. And to you be the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I pray that that has, that has really brought some understanding to you. But from me, J.P. Ewish, um, I will see you next week again, right here, same time, same place. And God bless you and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.